This is the Epilog audio experience. I understand the value of uh, being in touch with industry at the same time, allowing more professors to become entrepreneurs also. So if professors start thinking in an entrepreneurial fashion, entrepreneurial way, the students also will start thinking in a similar way. That is what happened happens at Stanford and MIT. Hi, everybody. On this episode, I have the privilege of speaking with someone whom I've been a long time admirer of. My friends, I have with me on his first ever podcast interview, Professor Dr. Milidatre, Dean Research and Development at IIT Bombay. His specialty area of work is cryogenic engineering, something which I'm really excited to know about later in our conversation. He's helped incubate and support some of the best startups that have emerged from IIT Bombay and continues to mentor some of the brightest students doing past breaking scientific work ladies and gentlemen this episode is going to be a ride and i can't wait to get started firstly sir i am so glad we are finally finally doing this thank you for taking the time out and joining me on jamsters thank you hardik and delighted to be here with you on this podcast and as i just, I just rightly said the first ever so please go ahead lovely it it couldn't have been a better start because uh, jamsters is all about bringing the best and the unique voices on this uh, conversation i'm really really kicked to start off this question by first asking you i know uh, over our years of conversations you do so many things and honestly i still haven't been able to grasp the extensive scope of work that you do uh, could you help me understand and for our listeners what is it that you all do uh, what does it all encompass So I believe you want to say, what do I do here at IIT Bombay? Right, sir. So I think my role has been uh, possibly in three parts, and the basic role is, of course, the professor's role: teaching, the research, mm-hmm. guiding PhD students, uh, doing some consultancy work with industry, and solving some big project, uh, research projects. That is what we do as professor, and that is what normally everybody at IIT Bombay or any other IIT would do. The second part of my role was and today till today also is about uh, guiding uh, the startups the entrepreneurial ecosystem on IIT Bombay and I was for 7 years in charge of our business incubator called Sign and that role never ends it always continues. Uh the third role is as dean R&D which is um, I have taken the role of dean R&D since last 3 years. This role is a very very big role and 90% of my time right right now goes in uh, this uh, administration of the research and development that is being done at iit bombay so got around 700 professors here at iit bombay and i got uh, at least more than 1000 projects research projects going on funded by government companies etc etc at the same time lot of consultancy projects uh, to do all this we have to do a big r&d management and our dean r&d office has got almost more than 100 people who manage this administer this and maintain account of these projects and that has to be done by dean r&d office and at the moment i do it my with my colleagues here at iit bombay so in addition to that of course whatever intellectual property gets developed at iit bombay we try to license it to uh, outside companies industries and also to the startups so several professors and students would like to have a startup for which they require this ip to be transfer to the companies and all this paperwork all this administration is done by this office So this office is a huge office. Uh, is possibly one of the major role in the in the structure in the working of IIT Bombay. And every professor here at IIT Bombay will be connected with this office because everybody is into research, and therefore he requires he or she requires funding. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm um, so. I'm. I'm very curious to understand. Uh, 
you manage all these multiple hats uh, on a personal perspective how do you manage and allocate your time because i'm sure this is extremely demanding and and we've had this conversation earlier as well uh, over multiple calls that it really does take away a lot of your personal time right um, uh, and you are so dedicated to this craft to this profession um how do you manage your time how do you how do you allocate your priorities yeah that's a good question and uh, i'm still learning that i don't think that i have possibly mastered that art but right now what i do i spend only possibly morning one hour in my department talking to my students and talking to my lab activities because i maintain a very big laboratory at iit bombay so i visit them first and solve day to day problems of some accounts related issues or they want some money or there's some maintenance issue we keep running some central facility at iit bombay also and that is why there are staff working in our laboratory and of course the students who require some guidance but i will say that all my five days uh, in a week go and get dedicated to the dean r&d office and on the weekends now and there is nothing called weekend these days so on a saturday mm-hmm. i am completely involved with my research student the phd students and the mtech students and of course i do teaching also so teaching uh, is a time uh, uh, we spend that way minimum time right now because i take two lectures of one and a half hour each but that's about it but i got tas who help me in running this courses so teaching assistants who are basically my phd students help me running in this courses so they help me conduct examinations and do assignments and all those things also yes the time management art i have not not still mastered it takes my personal time <laughs> and i've forgotten many of my interests right now and i'm sure you are the good witness to see that i couldn't communicate to your many emails in time and uh, that's about it uh but sir i'm genuinely curious to know your uh, area of expertise is cryogenic engineering cryogenics and it's something that i have very very limited information about um could you shed some light on what cryogenic or cryogenic engineering really is there are two terms called refrigeration and cryogenics and a lot of people get confused with these terms so cryogenics is basically generation of low temperature the word cryo actually means uh, very low temperature and uh, when we say very low temperature it's actually a demarcation line uh, is of minus 150 degree centigrade so you can imagine how how low we can go so in principle we can of course not achieve minus 273 degree centigrade temperature that is absolute zero but we can go towards it so uh, in my earlier company where i was working at a place called oxford instruments so we were mm-hmm. absolutely reaching down to minus 272.8 degree centigrade temperature while in our laboratory we got temperature generated below minus 200 minus uh, 250 degree centigrade minus uh, you know 4.2 kelvin temperature we normally use kelvin temperature range which is uh, also li- related to degree centigrade also but we don't want to say minus every time and therefore we refer to all the temperatures by kelvin range now where do we use these temperatures basically and that's a very fundamental uh, question but everybody may not know about the usages happening all around us you see every mri machine that in that is in hospital right it has got 1000 mm-hmm. liters of liquid helium and this liquid helium the helium gas becomes liquid at minus 269 degree centigrade so every mri machine has a superconducting magnet and this magnet normal magnet becomes superconducting at very very low temperature and that's why in a very small magnet you get a very high magnetic field and that is what is responsible for mapping your body in three dimension in mri machine and this superconducting magnets is always maintained at this temperatures of minus 269 degree centigrade by dipping it in 1000 1000 liters of liquid helium that is one of the big i mean common usage of cryogenic engineering all around us 
In addition to that liquid nitrogen, which is at minus 196 degree centigrade, the nitrogen in our uh, in air can, can be liquefied and it remains in liquid state at 77 Kelvin or minus 196 degree centigrade is used for various purposes. So it is called transport. You must have seen a lot of tankers that are going from Bombay to Pune or mm, otherwise. Mm. So they're all different gases. For example, liquid argon. Basically, the transportability of every gas is in always liquid state. Right, it can't be transported in a gaseous form because gaseous form will be able to carry too little a gas. But when they're liquefied, you can actually transport it from. You must have heard about oxygen usage in uh, COVID time, right? They were all actually mm -hmm. transported in liquid oxygen, which is at 90 Kelvin or minus uh, around 186 degrees centigrade. So the transportation wow. okay. of oxygen always happened in a liquid form. And wherever they are used, then they are converted from liquid form to gaseous form. So transportability is very important. Semiconductor, food industry, uh, then I should say fertilizer industry, they all require liquid nitrogen, liquid oxygen, then liquid helium, liquid argon. These are all the gases that are required everywhere. And they all, all come from basically gas liquefaction first. So I teach all this gas liquefaction. And whenever you are talking about low temperature, therefore, we have to worry about insulation, heat transfer, all these topics, thermodynamics associated material properties at low temperature. These are the area which which will come under under the cryogenic engineering. But more importantly, the liquid hydrogen of which I didn't talk about is used for propulsion. So you know cry cryogenic rockets that we are talking about right. to you know send our satellites in a higher circuits orbits. Uh, liquid hydrogen is one of the important fuels. And now we are talking about having liquid hydrogen for our automobile also. So automobile also may have liquid hydrogen or hydrogen gas as one of the fuel. And hydrogen becomes uh, liquid at uh, 20 Kelvin, minus 253 degrees centigrade. So all these are the usage of cryogenics. And uh, in the time to come, when liquid hydrogen, liquefied natural gas, LNG that we are talking about, they're all cryogenic fluid. And therefore, you can see how okay. cryogenics have come closer to us, but possibly we are not aware of it right now. Wow. Wow. So just want to put that in perspective. Um, so cryogenic temperatures are minus 150 degrees Celsius to minus Below. 273 degrees Celsius, right? Correct. Correct. That's the range. And um, and at it's it's in this range that the gas becomes liquid form. Correct. Most of the gases become in liquid form. And these gases, for example, hydrogen, argon, oxygen, nitrogen are used everywhere. So low temperatures or the liquid form is required for transportability also and for storage purpose. And as I said, MRI machine or a NMR machine that we used in uh, chemistry or in hospitals are dipped in all this liquid helium, etc., in order to keep this magnet in superconducting region. Wow. So, so applications of this are sound absolutely incredible. And uh, because my mind is going completely crazy right now, I've also seen athletes use cryotherapy, uh, cryospas, cryosonas as well, uh, where they expose their body to extremely low temperatures to help, you know, with inflammation and, and whatnot. So that's a new thing right now. So they use uh, nitrogen gas uh, basically to expose because nitrogen will not affect their body and possibly will not, they will not be allergetic also. So it's a new therapy for cosmetics that has come and most popular, popular seems to be on the East European side. We are, uh, you know, uh, Poland side, for example, or Finland side, they got uh, nitrogen or oxygen spa where the athletes or even beautician, the 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 ladies who take parts in this beauty contest, etc. They mm -hmm. actually expose their face, face to these gases. Not that they're subjected to very low temperature, but these gases are maintained at low temperature because of the storage in liquid form. 
the storage is getting converted to gas our skin cannot stand such low temperature but uh, they see cold gas at let's say plus 5 degree centigrade etc and it has to be nitrogen or oxygen gas wherein the 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 skin actually they say they say remains wrinkle free i don't know the the physics and the mechanism of this but yes a wrinkle free screen seems to be a very important right now marketing strategy also so i'm not sure about the real verification of whether it works or not because we don't have that uh-huh. in india as of now but of course is one of the ways that a lot of people right now getting drawn up interesting uh, you little while back mentioned about uh, how oxygen is something that you had produced uh, during the covid period and i think it it was uh, we we also chatted about this briefly uh, that under your leadership at iit bombay uh, in uh, association with tata consulting engineers you did something very interesting um, to uh, navigate the oxygen shortage uh, for covid times can you shed some light on this please yeah so in our laboratory we produce nitrogen uh, by using the Uh, PSA plant, the pressure swing adsorption. You must have heard this term uh, during this uh, COVID time. So we take air from atmosphere and separate this air into nitrogen and oxygen. And normally, I would have taken nitrogen going ahead because we want to liquefy nitrogen, but uh, and oxygen rejected to atmosphere. But herein we wanted to different. Now we wanted to reject nitrogen because of the demand of the time that we wanted. We were not interested in nitrogen anymore, but we wanted to take oxygen ahead. and therefore what we do uh, what we did was we change the the filter the psa unit itself the psa unit has kind of a filter if i talk in a layman's language which allows only nit- which allowed only nitrogen to go ahead and oxygen to be rejected to atmosphere so what we did in our lab is demonstrated a uh, change of this filter okay from carbon molecular sieves to zeolite wherein we will now reject nitrogen to atmosphere and only take uh, oxygen ahead and this oxygen from air then can be sort of filled in a cylinder and can be used and this plant therefore can be transportable and because we were we got more than 1000 nitrogen plants in india actually so we actually appeal to government and uh, all the end users that can you not convert your existing nitrogen plants to oxygen plant by changing this psa unit from carbon molecular sieve to zeolite and that appeal really got a good uh, Uh, response and almost 250 plants uh, as we hear got changed from nitrogen to oxygen uh, saving i mean supporting almost 15000 to 20000 people also so that's a new usage wow. uh, interchangeability wow. of this uh, existing nitrogen plant to be converted to oxygen plant could happen and this can happen within 3 to 4 days also and that's where the real uh, change happened because otherwise buying a new plant and settling new plants and all that thing would have taken can take more than 3 to 4 months well this change over from nitrogen to oxygen generator can be done within 3 to 4 days because you have already got all the infrastructure in place importantly these gases can be transported they are all skid mounted and therefore they can be transported to any hospital or any place from one place to another and all those things so this gives a big leverage because the cryogenic plant of liquefaction is a huge plant so here we don't don't uh, convert it to liquid but we do changes in the gaseous state itself and can because ultimately the gas is delivered to the patient the in a in a gaseous form only and not in liquid form got it got it um so uh, was this was this a more out of the objective to navigate this problem would you did you start of this research with that perspective or was it more of an accidental um find how did how did this really process no, happen it, it was not accidental it was not accidental of course uh, when the second wave uh, went to a very alarm alarming level 
and we found that people are you know basically in line and all those things so that time this idea occurred it was an it was an innovative idea i should say and uh, coupled with tata consulting engineer and spantech a spantech company is already in the psa range we all could talk to come together and uh, we knew that this can be done but naturally we need to demonstrate this i mean only just talking about it is not good enough but we wanted to demonstrate that and that demonstration could happen in our laboratory here at iit bombay and once that demonstration we make a, made a video of this and we actually the video really went viral it was shown by all the channels and as a result of which almost you know 1000 10000 people really called all of us here and we helped them to do that thing many times i was telling them online what is to be done and all that thing but yes the government of india also came forward and uh, they took it in a very uh, you know uh, correct action plan was uh, done because zero light that was only with government and tata consulting engineers now actually could take it ahead and do the needful so it's for the correct uh, i should say an approach of having academia and industry together to execute not only to demonstrate something but execute plan for public at large so it really was so this i shouldn't say it's an accident yeah it was it was really <laughs> for sure for sure very um, satisfying but, but i think it's but it's extremely incredible sir i think uh, from an idea which uh, took genesis during that period seeing the problem happen and in that same phase you were able to sort of launch a solution uh, what was the turnaround cycle for this from the time you discussed this with tce to actually launching this uh, executed product so we actually talked on sunday on a sunday morning we all three came together we talked about this on monday or tuesday we could demonstrate in our laboratory because psa company could do that plan whatever we told them they did it very fast we could bring the unit at iit bombay uh, within two days and on the very day or the next day we could show and the performance was shown for a long duration of time it was only three days that we could showcase that event on a smaller unit however because of the space crunch and all that thing but yes demonstrating that unit and that performance was the was the key really because you know just telling idea or something was not enough but we could demonstrate the usage within 3 days and that was the really key behind the success i should say wow um thank you thank you so much for doing what you do sir because uh, it's it's exactly these kind of conversations uh, that become real time innovations and genuinely impact people's lives in more ways than one which clearly this product was doing um from that to now you are doing the bunch of things that we've spoken about earlier um where are you allocating your energies right now uh, is there something that you see in terms of trends in terms of opportunities uh scope what is it that you're focusing your energies right now on so my focus right now is uh, i believe is lot a lot many things are being done at iits and not only iit bombay i should say but several iits but many of the times i see that uh, whatever they do whatever technology they develop whatever product they develop or whatever know how they develop remains at a lab level only many times and i should say 80% times it remains at a lab level i have discovered that the professors are not good marketing people at all basically they can't talk about themselves they can't take this technology out and they can't convert this technology or talk about this technology in a layman's word because they talk too technical about it too much technical at the heart of it while the <clears throat> the real business person understand the value in that when he says profit or when he says opportunity basically mm-hmm. so idea is uh, can we instead of keeping all these uh, technologies only in the laboratory how can this technology be taken to industry or a startup and my focus from uh, dean arandy office is now to have more and more industry interaction bring more and more industries to the laboratory to understand that 
what is called as TRL level today, technology readiness level, can possibly only three to four in a lab out of 10, where the proof of concept can be shown. But here onwards, what we require is industry's interaction. So industries should take this technology at this lab level. And should they find an opportunity in this, should they find business in this, they should be able to take it ahead from this lab level condition to the industry level. And there are several industries now who are excited about it. Especially now the government of India also has kind of put import ban on various items. And therefore, government of India also want them to develop these technologies at home. So, of course, IIT Bombay has an advantage uh, because of fantastic faculty members that we have, fantastic people that we are actually recruiting here, and also second advantage of being in Mumbai. So, we are in touch with many industries. I understand the value of uh, being in touch with industry at the same time, allowing more professors to become entrepreneurs also. So, if professors start thinking in an entrepreneurial fashion, entrepreneurial way, the students also will start thinking in a similar way. That is what happened happens at Stanford and MIT. And we would like to write, really, really replicate, replicate this model in the Indian context. I think that is such a brilliant point. I, I think I think one of the things you mentioned in one of your interviews, and I think we'd also spoken about this in, in an offline conversation when you met in your office, is that uh, ecosystem building is extremely important to actually facilitate uh, good ideas, good innovation to be adopted. Uh, one of the things that IIT Bombay has done extremely well is to build a very innovative entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, would there be advice, pointers, uh, you know, mindsets, models that... Uh, other education institutions uh, who do not have the kind of access uh, to resources, capital, uh, intellectual rigor, uh, be able to take some nuggets of wisdom out of IIT Bombay in terms of building the capabilities that you're talking about? A good question. So one of the basic uh, the stress that we give here at IIT Bombay is to have technology-based entrepreneurship. And uh, so our focus is always on, on the companies who would use technology and possibly who would not get only in platforms or something like that, because that can be done by everybody. But being from IIT Bombay, we would like to have technology, intellectual property associated with that thing. And so that, you know, it becomes uh, very unique in nature, such kind of entrepreneurial activity or startups. So for which um, uh, I think if I visit various colleges, I see that, you know, fantastic buildings are there. There are incubators also, by the way, and various nice incubators which have tremendous facilities and all that thing. But one of the most important point that is missed is to have good research also at the same time. So unless the good research happens, you will not get good technology and you will not get good product or you will not get good process. So the IP development is something which we all believe in right now. And we are very much aware of this uh, IP development, intellectual property development in-house. So every, every entrepreneurial activity should be backed by fantastic research work. And that is what happens at uh, our place. We got uh, around 750 fac faculty members and they all generate these new technologies, new problems, new opportunities. They sense these new problems, new opportunities uh, and build upon from there a new product and a new process also. At the same time, they will take care of the IP also and our office that normally helps them to take care of the IP. So very importantly, at the end of, uh, at the back of everything has to be good research first and therefore good faculty members and good students. We are lucky to have both good faculty members and good students also. Having done that, in having a good research and continuous research happening in everything, for example, artificial intelligence and uh, data analytics these days is a top priority for various things or health and healthcare or healthcare related products and technology also seems to be the very uh, 
inspirational product for a lot of students these days in addition to that you know you have to have a system which is backing and making you learn about different nuances of entrepreneurial ecosystem so we have got a business incubator we got a research park right on the campus and we got a uh, ds center for entrepreneurship ds school for entrepreneurship where we give a minor degree in entrepreneurship so entrepreneurship per se cannot be taught in a classroom definitely for sure you, you cannot give lectures and lectures on on entrepreneurship but it has to be understood uh, with your hands basically so we actually have a proof of concept laboratory where the students have to come with an opportunity and they have to actually go to market first sense an opportunity and build a product or a technology based on the requirements so we don't encourage so much on software development here but we want them to have an hands on development to develop a product or a technology which is required outside for example uh, let's say uh, as soon as i cross iit bombay and i cross over campus we got a problem with uh, traffic and that is that traffic problem is everywhere can this problem be sort taken care of all right so the such question can be thrown at student for example drunk and driving can drunk and driving be sort of taken care by having some iot system right in the car itself by sensing the alcohol level of a driver something like that these are social problems uh, but there are of course technological problems uh, can be taken care by student so they have to actually find a problem because sensing a problem or sensing an opportunity is a 50% job for which they have to go outside and sense this problems so i think once the problem is sensed and for which the market exists and that is very important that the market should exist for the problem that on which you plan to work then you come back present this problem to all of us and we'll actually support them financially so the students or a group of students will come together and you know the healthcare situation in india for example and all those things uh, you you got to be innovative at the same time you have to be cost effective also these are two things that are very important innovative cost effective and reaching out to people and making sense to all these people that it works also because they have to believe in this system also so we we actually then uh, they present to us we give them some funds and uh, they develop a proof of concept and at the end they present it to all the you know the the investment uh, system also the all the angel networks what whatever we have or the vcs that we have we would like them to present in front of them and by which time they graduate they can actually start a venture or should these people be able to invest also so this uh, ds center also makes a makes a very important uh, contribution to this ecosystem so i i will say ecosystem is dean r and d office of course you are teaching from professor whatever you are working in your laboratory encouragement to convert this uh, whatever you have learned from laboratory into a product sense the opportunity we are actually coming up with a, a students uh, uh, some kind of a makers bhavan where they can actually play with all these things and work 24 hours in this uh, center to try something new we got 3d printer for students everywhere wherever they can put their hands on our uh, sign has got a pre incubation center also and there are a lot of people who are actually working in this pre incubators if they got an idea we can give them some funds also so and we got various professors and in our ds school also we have taken professor of practice who may not be you know who have worked for 30 30 35 years in different industries and are actually contributing to mentor the students so mentoring is a very important activity many of our alumni also are involved in mentoring this activity because not everybody can be the master in the field that student would like to come up with today but we find our mentors in alumni and got a 70000 plus alumni all over the world and they're very happy to sort of lend their hands helping hands to all the students 
So this ecosystem, and we got an IDC, we got an industrial design center who actually talk about aesthetics also. So mm. product development is a very important thing mm. again. So all these various engineering departments coupled up with IDC and a good mentor system that IIT has produced over a period of time actually contribute to this ecosystem. In addition to that, most important thing, Hardik, I will tell you about it. We got a completely residential system here. So students, almost 12,000 students are there on the campus and almost 90% of our faculty members stay on the campus. So when these students day and night think uh, about something, they discuss the same thing day and night true. also. So in hostels also, they are always thinking about the same product. They actually have debates over that thing. The teams come together, they you know, verify, cross-verify and all those things. And that's a huge contributory factor, I should say, in the success of all the IITs being a 100% residential colleges, you know. No, I think I completely echo that sentiment about the last point because I remember in uh, 2005-2004 period, uh, I think 2005-2006 period, um, I had the chance to visit IIT Bombay for the very first time and uh, uh, I knew a few people via via who were students on campus um, and had the opportunity to stay mm-hmm. over for a night there in one of the rooms in the dorm um, and just the energy just the kind of conversations that were happening uh, completely blew my mind. It's actually there that I realized that uh, being in an IIT and because Bombay was home to me and was something that I'd always aspired to be, IIT Bombay became the dream, right? I think that's that's the place that I wanted to study and wanted to be at. I, I think it's extremely important, like you correctly mentioned, sir, that the ecosystem, the quality of conversations, the fully residential nature of uh, the students and the professors has a different energy uh, altogether, just the constant mingling of thoughts, connecting with people and exchanging ideas does something really, really beautiful. Um, but do you also think, sir, that um, it's also that it's a concentration of resources? So, for example, I know for a fact that um, there are in, in among the thousand institutions for a you know random number through that there would be like the top five who would get the 80-90% of the resources and the 10% would be amongst the remaining 995. Do you think rather that's a systemic problem or or that's something that you expect it just because of the nature of work is that way? The quality is one of the aspects, uh, but this can be done possibly in every other colleges also. If the model could be imitated, I'm sure this will yield the same results. It's only that it will take some time. So, of course, uh, the quality of professors and quality of students is one of the aspects of it, but opportunities are are very important. And if we could give these opportunities to students anywhere anywhere in India, that they can possibly have a 3D printers and other things. I mean, 3D printer is just one of the examples. And, of course, the funding possibilities. I mean, funding possibilities are not very, 1 lakh to 2 lakh can be given around an idea to show a proof of concept. That is possibly, you know, can happen in many of the NITs or many of the engineering colleges also. So I believe that this is possible. But yes, IIT Bombay is lucky to have good student, good quality professors. And of course, all the all the uh, machines and equipment happening, uh, being placed at one place. But this can be, this can this is possible to be done at any other place also. And this is being done. For example, Bits Pilani, I know for sure where such things are, are being done. And there are good... <coughs> By the way, there are good private colleges also where also such things are being carried out right now. So mm. I will not miss my word that uh, it's not it's not only that the best student and best faculty member, but best opportunity and a good leadership at the top, which makes it entirely different. The topmost person in that institution should really digest the fact that this is the the thing basically, and therefore his all attempt should actually be diverted towards achieving these objectives. So I'm sure the, such the a top great point. Leader, yeah, the director of a place is the uh, has to realize that this is the direction, this is the vision, 
and if then uh, everybody realizes that and then it can definitely happen at any place according to me i want to circle back to sir uh, the space that you are in uh, cryogenic engineering and and uh, the applications have uh, such a massive ramification on the way we live in society um, do you think the cost of entry is high into this space so i will not say the entry to cryogenics is so simple uh, but it is a, it's like a i will always say that uh, it's like a pyramid you should actually first learn the the basics the broad based knowledge has to be there and then over a period of time you specialize so i did my mechanical engineering first uh, and then i did my masters and then for the phd level onwards i become specialized in cryogenics so cryogenics is basically all mechanical electrical engineering at a very low temperature uh the entry level therefore i will not say directly at an undergraduate level you can enter in this uh, stream of profession but it's a lot of learning first and then possibly one can make a decision the only thing is it's too specialized and so one absolutely sure that this is the area that he w- he or she would like to do research or work in this area then it's fine but uh, i will say it's too specialized for undergraduate level or postgraduate level also wow this is um very very interesting time to be alive uh, i also was reading something about the space of uh, cryonics which is which is i think the preservation yeah. of uh, humans Human and mind. animals yeah right um and and how much of that is mainstream adoption is is that is that something that people can do is this a foreseeable future that uh, you know you can resuscitate people in, in and bring them back to life yes sir that is a, i will not say it's not possible a lot of people are working on it by the way but it's a very heavily uh, require heavy investment and of course question of time because the proof of that only will be with with time only but yes today for medical purposes some uh, elements are such that there is no diagnosis possibilities or there are no medicines availability or there they can't be operated today can their body be bodies be preserved for let's say 10 15 years or so Uh, while keeping them alive you know and uh, nothing going wrong and their brains are kept alive and their heart is kept running under the cryogenic condition that is possible because the body should not become old and the body can therefore be so called wrinkle free or uh, should not age over a period of time and uh, you know now it was for example covid you know two years back we had nothing for covid but today we got vaccines and all that thing so such pandemics actually can create various problems and therefore various opportunities also so today there is something new comes and for which we don't have a cure for let's like, say next 10 years can such in such cases and a lot of people who are doing research on this and i'm sure that with time the 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 diagnosis and with with time the medicines possibly or the vaccines can be found so such things definitely are possible and there are a lot of people and a lot of rich people who are waiting for such such possibilities so i think cryonics is not only a dream i think it will be a reality but let's wait and let's be patient about it wow at the same wow. time hardik uh, i am also working on something called cryo surgery so the cancerous tissue uh, this is not absolutely not new i will i shouldn't say but uh, the cancerous tissue can be frozen right now we burn them right so if i know for example in breast cancer if you know the region of uh, uh, region of uh, malignancy it is normally you know removed and then the cells are burnt but then instead of burning and when you burn it there are a lot of reactions to this so instead of burning can you freeze it the cells can actually get frozen by subjecting them to sudden sudden cooling and therefore the cells actually uh, the ice gets formed there is water in all the cells and this ice get formed and they get actually punctured they get broken they become dead 
So can you do that thing? So one of my PhD students right now is also working on cryogenic probe, development of a cryo probe, for example, which can be inserted uh, after understanding the malignancy area in three dimension, and the probe can actually be inserted there, and suddenly that area then can be subjected to very low temperature, and having subjected to low temperature, those cells actually can die. Okay, so that's so a possibility. It, because this is such an incredible use, I think. there has been so much development in the space of cancer but also unfortunately uh, cancer has has literally become so widespread um, yes. in in today's day and age unfortunately uh, and and all sorts of cancers are becoming such rampant conversations um do you think that this is going to be like an alternative treatment or this will become like mainstream adoption uh, like how chemotherapy is i think at least for the soft tissues for the breast cancer for the brain cancer for prostate cancer uh this seems to be the possible solution and i saw a group in uh, israel working in this some japanese group and somebody from singapore so we have seen some two three groups and right really at here at iit bombay also we are ready with the probe and we are doing some experiments on these things but yes uh, there could be possibility we require some attention from of course the medical doctors and other people who will enter at a later part of it but then the fda approval uh, animal trials and human trials and all that thing will take its course of time but yes this could be a definitely a solution wherein other things possibly can be avoided in that case interesting interesting and and given your interaction with students and and the kinds of work that they are um, doing uh, what is what is your understanding of learning models how 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 do you observe learning happens on campus now now i understand this is a fairly broad question i completely understand this part but i'm very curious to know what does it take to become a good learner in today's day and age of so much of distraction oh it's a big question so if you're talking about learning during covid time or during pandemic time it's completely you know what should i say disrupted the entire learning process right now so So, if you talk about general systems uh, before, let's say 2019, and the system right now has really gone for a toss. We have learned a lot of new things, and we have to really, you know, uh, forget a lot of other things also. So, first of all, having uh, you know face-to-face interaction is something which was uh, terrific, I should say, which was definitely worth it. But then. Uh, you know your face to face time in mumbai place also the distances and all those thing appointments your time matching all, all also was very important but today actually we know when i started working from really morning 9 to evening 9 pm so giving getting half an hour because there is no concept of travel these days so you save a lot of thing on mm. travel but you can have video connections also and therefore you can have video meetings where a lot of problems can be sorted out so i should say 80% problem can be sorted out by having such meetings because there are there are some problems for which they require my approval which can possibly take a non video phone but there are a lot of people in my laboratory especially we are working on experimental setups you know they have to go out they have to do fabrication manufacturing of certain things buy certain things that got delayed tremendously you know so that is a sector which really uh, and the very professors are affected by that because if you are doing developmental activities uh, we have we have suffered uh, i mean sometimes out of these two years students have suffered a lot because they got limited scholarships also uh, but yes uh, development could not happen and we, a lot of people try to do some curative action of converting their phd work or mtech work into some kind of theoretical work also so we have to actually find some alternate mechanism of converting their topic from experimental work to theoretical work 
due to the constraints on their stay on the campus and also of course uh, because of the scholarship that they get for a limited period of time but as yes at the same time we have understood new techniques of communication we have understood people sitting at three four different places and communicating and we could actually engage some good people also which we never planned earlier you know earlier we were thinking of having them their inputs their mentoring also right now because of this thing uh, nobody bothers that we can easily set up some meetings and understand from distances what somebody's uh, somebody has to offer to our work also so it has opened something but it has closed many things also i should say in this learning process so then do, do you think so that uh, learning has become extremely distributed now you don't need a place to sit and study or an institution to study do you think that is that's a right uh, hypothesis to make so if you're talking about teaching uh, teaching uh, is a different thing when i say learning i'm talking about most students who are working on projects of a long term this thing but teaching has uh, really suffered a lot and uh, nothing can according to me replace the face to face or classroom classroom learning at all basically so many of us what have what we have done is we have recorded our lectures and the students can go through those recorded lectures and then can come back in a class to ask questions but that is that is really for those who are inspired uh, master student and the phd students we found very very sincere because they really put in their time and efforts and come back after due preparation the undergraduate students however the success is defined by normally i guess is by the kind of placements they get so many times they are not bothered so much about the grades of course a few 10 to 20% students are definitely bothered because they want to go for their masters and phd also and there are a lot of genuine students who are absolutely fantastic at those courses and would like to learn more and more but most of the students i should say today is uh, they define success as by the salary they get after placements and that is true overall everywhere and for them therefore uh, you know passing in particular exam and so there are two 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 sides of it uh, you know you passing an exam is a simple thing that way but getting knowledge is a different thing so undergraduate level most of the students do study only for getting the getting the degree um, mm. and that is very simple relatively very simple but getting knowledge is very difficult so depending on what kind of students one is one has to really develop so this online teaching has become to just give a, you know something for exams and passing the exams but as far as knowledge is concerned i think only 10% of the students would be really involved or possibly their their thirst for knowledge may get killed in this communication problem all right having face to face and see walking from my after my class uh, after i taken lecture and walking to my department walking to where i sit that would take 10, 10 minutes because i will be surrounded by student asking various questions and mm-hmm. that is something i actually loved very much because those were the genuine questions the students are there lingering around answering the, uh, asking me question after the class is over and that can go endlessly that can go for 30 minutes also because the students are genuinely interested get uh, you know uh, completely fascinated by what you have taught in a class we have lost that spontaneity completely right now so students will think three times to call me specifically by video connection again sending me a link that sir i would like to ask these these questions that that doesn't happen online not not with me at least it has happened but otherwise it used to happen so much and i used to love that period and i used to say see that these are the real real genuine students who would like to take uh, technology to heart and work on this uh, after the class also and possibly after the graduation also 
So this is such an interesting point. I have to sort of uh, interject you. Unfortunately, is that uh, you mentioned the the time for immediacy has has you know sort of uh, uh, gone longer. Uh, people take a lot of time and then they sort of come back to you with a question rather than in a spontaneous situation where they would have been in a classroom. Uh, the response uh, to your session would have been immediate. So, what are your thoughts on um, the edtech sector, which is getting so much of money, so much of attention? uh do you think there are it's it's all a pro or is there a large con to this uh, what is your take on this then so edtech sector of course will be booming and uh, you know till 2015 or 16 i think i would have kept them aside because we always thought can they ever be scaled basically in the indian context but uh, in this last two years suddenly you know all the byus and uh, erudits and all these people have come in an, an academy and all those you know they have really make made a huge difference sensing the opportunity now and once you sense the opportunity and once you get invested of course students also see the success and they see that you know it's working very well because the kind of methodologies they use uh, the kind of teaching they have the kind of teachers they have of course phenomenal so that has actually revolutionized i will say uh, but that that comes at cost that is comes at cost uh, the students are really paying very see it's, it's really like the coaching classes for iits the way it boomed and it came into existence also at every new can corner in every city these days uh, mm-hmm. similar thing has happened for everything for your 8th standard 9th standard and your kids learning even from first class onwards you can find byus or you know i am not sure whether byus is the first standard but there are a lot of opportunities now to teach even the uh, class 3 and class 4 students also you know so you just invest into that thing and uh, india is a big market for all such things and so so is the entire world basically so suddenly people have says that the schools are not doing very well not that every schools have got these possibilities of what iits have they don't have that kind of a uh, you know uh, teaching friendly atmosphere experimental friendly atmosphere lab based atmosphere can this be created virtually can this be created virtually virtual classrooms interesting classroom uh, virtual experiments virtual laboratories actually can play huge role in the teaching learning method so i think these people have sensed that thing so i think that these changes are almost welcome my only problem is uh, which i sense and we are get a feedback from students it's how much time this they spend on the screen these days is phenomenal and that has come with this lot of uh, you know physiological disorders philosophical problems then mm. the mental problems eye problems so other problems have started cropping in there are students who spend 15 to 16 hours watching on screen if not laptop but your mobile phone and other things so that have really taken away one to one interaction or sharing concept with other colleagues sharing knowledge with other colleagues all those abilities which you learn in hostel so much you know taking away from my class for example the three or four students will come together discuss while going going back to hostel and then solving a problem together that is getting lost and that is where i feel the personality development also will get affected so there are of course uh, pros and cons for everything but uh, we have never thought that the the the, the kids education for example up to fourth standard and seventh standard can be greatly impacted by this online classes also so yes uh, there is a change uh, there are uh, unicorns happening in this era right now in just in two or three years suddenly sudden changes that we have seen we have witnessed happening around uh they're going to stay here because even if pandemic gets gets over i'm sure they will be there right now and uh, uh that that's going to be change definition but then the the aspects will change when you start paying uh, heavily for that thing naturally the only, those students only will join those classes who have real interest in 
learning more and more things they possibly may not be only for exams passing on exams only but there will be classes or such online classes for even knowledge things also so things mm-hmm. those things only will persist then we should actually thrive on uh, various challenges in the society right now fantastic um a little while back you mentioned about sign uh, the organization that you've uh, supported over a period of 7 years and that stands for society for innovation and entrepreneurship um in that period i'm curious to know uh, what have your observations been around uh, entrepreneurs who've been able to make it now when i say make it i mean in terms of scaling in terms of making it accessible to the market bringing the technology commercial uh, what what are some common threads you've observed about interesting entrepreneurs so uh, yes that's a very very weak question because 2011 or 12 when i took over as a professor in charge of sign Uh, India has just started to step in the startup world, all right. And government of India also really made many conditions very, very much startup friendly. That means funding, funding related, promoting startups, then uh, giving different facilities to startup. Even IIT Bombay actually, you know, started allowing everybody to become entrepreneur and facilitated entrepreneurship uh, by giving some startup grants also, you know, and also giving some space and common facilities with startups. otherwise we we'll have to pay or shell lot of money for which they made it free for them basically but that is on a uh, facility stake i'll say but the the mindset of is the most important thing and therefore you are as i said always the top leader or the visionary person who comes with this idea it could be one person or two three persons together they make the whole difference basically and they are the person who cannot spend lot of time on each of the aspect and therefore the team they build that is a, that is the most important thing so they should be really really uh, motivated and they know that this is the course of action there are a lot of people who try to do something till the time they get a good job and i've seen such people also that unless i get possibly into google or amazon of the world i will possibly you know do some time work on a startup if not if i am not successful then i will possibly join this company and they take deferment they take deferment also from such company that i will join after a year or so but till that time they want to possibly Uh, had their stint at have want to have the stint uh, with the startups but that is not a, a real entrepreneur the real entrepreneur when he comes to the startup world he will never leave the startup and actually he'll get completely uh, encouraged to work on this and it actually even if he fails for the first time he will definitely bounce back second time and third time and correct at the fourth possibly fourth time also of course there are a lot of people who who do right in the right stage also so sign was a mixture where students after immediate after graduation can become entrepreneurs or sign was also a place where alumni who have spent 4 or 5 years outside can also want to come in and and come into startup world so this is coming together of alumni who are experienced people and our young prof- young students and professors coming together in a same in a same ecosystem in a same your adjacent company for example we give office space to this uh, startup so your adjacent person can be a startup in a healthcare while you could possibly be in a you know environmental area for for example water treatment etc but bringing them together and talking to each other and such 25 companies are coming together 30 companies coming together and talking because the problem that are faced by startups is the same problem they are the, mostly they are the problems are similar uh, in terms of investment in terms of getting a right person to get into uh, proper opportunities in terms of getting market access 
go-to-market strategy. They can discuss with each other all those things. So having experienced person like alumni who actually have worked for five, six, five to six years in a segment that, you know, experience segment, and they are coming back and there are fresh students who come back. They all come together at the same place and that's a big learning and that's a real ecosystem for them basically to learn. So Sign used to offer these systems. Uh, Sign used to uh, put these people across mentors. Sign used to, Sign still, I mean, not used to, Sign still uh, does put these people across the investment possibilities. Okay. And in addition to that, there are so many events organized uh, by IIT and Sign so that these people actually can showcase their products, talk about their technology. So these are, these are very important. If I'm, if I'm in Mumbai, for example, and staying alone, I will not get access to all these things. So all these tech summits and e-summits that happen in IIT Bombay and so many of uh, hackathons that are happening across in one year, almost 10 hackathons happen, happen, happen on different uh, verticals. So these people actually can t- come together, meet these people, talk about their technology, do the correct changes and all these things Got are it. very important. Got it. This is a very interesting train of thought that, that you were on. Uh, I want to also interject here and ask you, uh, in in this process, um, the entrepreneurs that you've supported, incubated, the business you've incubated, are there any like common threads, uh, traits, characteristics you've seen in good, successful entrepreneurs who started out or who've come back to campus? Any any interesting qualities you've observed? So first of all, I said the leadership. <laughs> very important. Uh, the leadership is a very important and they should be able to actually recruit light, right people and motivate them. So very importantly that the leadership on the top has to be absolute patient, absolute motivated, know for sure what they are doing. And very important thought, uh, very important thing I will notice about them is the punctuality. So if you are called for a meeting at let's say 8.30 in the morning, these people will be there at at least 8.15 or 8.20. In Mumbai area to promise something, somebody to reach in time is not so simple, but that shows and I will, I will notice this in many successful entrepreneurs that they're absolutely punctual uh, and they will be absolutely well-dressed. They will be patient, you know. So this first coming five minute or 10 minutes before the scheduled time, the, the other person who could be a professor, who could be a inspiration, whatever mentor, but that word of mouth and this is easy to do one time, but this is to do for 10 times is not so simple. It requires a basic mindset change, right? So if you come 10 minutes, even if you come now two minutes later, uh, you have lost the opportunity. But if you come 10 minutes earlier or five minutes earlier, you always get noticed. You always get, and I've seen that all these people get noticed and you understand that, no, this guy is very serious. These people are very serious. This team is very serious. Many times this, all these four persons in that team actually will be there. And you might call only one person to talk to, but all these four people are waiting outside should the boss or the leader would require their word or their experience on certain counts. So it's very important that you show the entire team in a given time, show that you are all serious people, you know, you're a business. So I will say one that is, and second thing is your ability to listen to others. It's very important that you might do whatever you want to, but you should, you, you have to be patient enough to listen to what other people say in your team also and also your team also. For example, the investors and all those people, you have to listen to them. And of course, after that, you are absolutely ready to, you are actually free to take your own decision. But uh, you should not cross or, uh, you know, stop or show disagreement or whatever. You you learn what they want to say, go back on the drawing table, put all the people together and have cross exchange and take a decision accordingly. 
But yes, I think the, the two or three abilities, I will say, I will not say they are absolutely fantastic at technology or something like that. They did not be a 9 pointer, for example, right? I will also not say that they are absolutely best communicator. Yes, communication is very, very important, but language or English speaking is important. No, not at all, basically. So you can be absolutely fantastic in Marathi or Hindi or whatever language. Uh, but you should be able to communicate your thought in the language that you perceive as the best language. One need not be English speaker at all, basically. Uh, one should be really, really friendly and is a person where the team will go and vent out whatever they want to. So, they good listening ability, punctuality in time and believing in what you want to do. The very important things. I'm talking about all these soft uh, uh, things, of course, in addition to the technology and all the things uh, do get counted. But I'll say that as they are still secondary, I'll say. Because I've seen a lot of these people actually come out with a plan A, but over a period of time, they have to pivot around the technology because suddenly you find that there are a lot of people. This is a crowded place now, suddenly, for whatever reason. And you have to actually change your product or a process line from direction A to direction B or a product A to product B. So this is smart team only can do that thing. Okay, so the team has to be fantastic and therefore, the way you, you need not be a very crowd, big big number, four or five can be sometimes be sufficient to take a product to a first level, you know. Lovely, lovely. So it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. So many things you've shared and it's been such an incredible delight speaking with you. So thank you so much for speaking with me and being on Jamsters. Oh, thank you so much, Hardik. I could discover myself in a different way today. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode of Jamsters, please make sure you subscribe to EPLog Media and all major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, GeoSavan, Ghana, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, among many others, for upcoming episodes. You know, I love listening from each one of you. So please make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family and your colleagues. And please make sure to drop a comment on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And also, if you're listening on EPLog Media, they've recently launched a feature where you can comment on the particular episode too. Your support is my fuel. You can connect with me on Instagram at the rate Hardik or on LinkedIn too. Catch you on the other episode.